I figured this out. This is so that if I say something wrong, God can shock me and let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that old training system, you know. How to break a bad habit, shock them to death. <laughs> so my portion is to share a little bit about our relationship with God. And that's a biggie. <laughs> you think family's a biggie? <laughs> At least family you can see. <laughs> At least self you can see if you look in the mirror or if you look at other people's glasses and see your reflection back. But to try to explain relationship with God is a real challenge because I'm going to be trying to explain to you something that you can't necessarily see. And it's very difficult to imagine. And sometimes it's even difficult to get the feeling of. But I'm going to try. You know, I thought it was interesting, the story that you read about the little girl and her paper bag. If we stop and really look, you know, God gave each of us a paper bag. Now, what are we doing with that paper bag? How are we really honoring it? How are we honoring that gift of that paper bag and all the little joys that are inside it? How many of us have set it aside or thrown it in the trash can and made the world more important than that little gift that God gave us called his love, his spirit, his joy, his presence. And that's what I got from that, that story, is that in that sack was that little girl's joy. Everything in life that gave her joy, she put in that sack. And she was willing to share it with those that made her joyful. And that's what God has done. He has found so much joy in being that he wants to share the joy of being by giving us the opportunity of experiencing that ourselves. But how often do we stop and really look at what the joy of being is all about? How often do we really take time in our day to stop and just look and to see the joy and the beauty and the love and the opportunity that is present in our lives. Most of us are too busy trying to find the time to sleep, trying to get all the things done at work that we need to get done, trying to get to the grocery store, trying to take care of the car, trying to make sure that the kids are taken care of and get to baseball and get to ballet and all the other things that take up our time in the day. And how many times in all those 24 hours do we stop and just take a deep breath and look around and say, wait a minute, what is this really all about? It isn't all about me getting my paycheck. It isn't all about me getting in bed on time. It isn't about me getting my meals when I'm supposed to get them. It isn't about me getting them to the baseball on time. What is it all about? If you look into the eyes of a child, you'll begin to see what it really is all about. It's about joyfulness. It's about playfulness. It's about enthusiasm. It's about participation. It's about trust. It's about honesty. It's about communication. Have you ever seen a child communicate? They don't just talk to you. They talk to you. They're all over the place. They're telling you everything all over the room while they're trying to explain something to you. It's not just words. 
It's the body, it's the energy, it's the joy, it's the enthusiasm. That's their way of communicating. It said, if we can become like a child again, we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, maybe we ought to start looking at that. Maybe we should start looking at how to stop in the moment of life and to find that childlike nature inside of us once again and begin to acknowledge it, if nothing else. And in that acknowledgement, you'll begin to see in the eyes of the child that is you that joy, that enthusiasm, that love, that participation in life. How many of us have stopped participating in life? How many of us just get up and go do it? But we really don't participate in it. It's 8 o'clock, I've got to get in my car, I've got to be at work by 9, I've got to beat the traffic, I better get right off right now. Is that participation? Or is that letting the world run you? Look and see how you do your life. Do you participate? Or do you not? Do you choose into life? Or does life run you? I've lived life where I've been run by life. But I've also stopped and looked and realized that that doesn't work for me. And in stopping and looking, I found this great little child inside. And all the child does is says, I love you. I think you're neat. You're the greatest. Let's go have some fun. (laughs) And in there, I hear God speaking to me as well in that voice of the child. You're neat. I think you're wonderful. I love you. Let's go have some fun. And so I've begun to do that in my life. I've begun to go into life looking for that fun, looking for that love, looking for that wonderful, looking for let's go out and do now, participate in life. A lot of us get pushed around. We get pushed around by our husbands, we get pushed around by our wives, we get pushed around by our children, we get pushed around by our employers, We get pushed around by our teachers. We get pushed around by the IRS people. We get pushed around by our ministers. We get pushed around at the funeral home in our coffin. We get pushed around. (laughs) So I decided to try to work my life, and maybe I should say I'm doing my life, not trying, but I'm doing my life in a way other than that. And I'm also not pushing other people's lives around. One of the first laws of spirit that I learned is the law of acceptance. Now, if you're in total acceptance, how can you also then be telling somebody how they should be living their life other than how they're living it? You're either in acceptance or you're not. And I found that as I began to go into my child, and as I began to look into those eyes of love and acceptance, I began to see certain spiritual principles that are consistent in life. And I began to realize that this world is the world of change. It's never the same. Today is not going to be the same as tomorrow. Today is not the same as yesterday. The laws that existed in ancient Rome don't exist in this country or in this world today. 
And the laws of today will not exist in the world of tomorrow. It's a world of change. But in spirit, in the world of spirit, it's constant. There is no change, it just is. And as I began to go into my child, and as I began to find this joy, I began to find this consistency in the loving, in the joy. I began to then ask, what is this consistency? What is this constant thing that I'm always seeing? What is the isness behind it all? And I began to look and I began to see that there were certain constant spiritual laws at work. And if I could apply those spiritual laws into my daily life, I could begin to live spirit in the world. And I could begin to have spirit in the world. And it didn't mean that the world had to change and become constant with the spiritual laws. It just meant that I could live by a higher law. I had to respect the change. I had to respect the law of the land, of the world, of the physical. But I could also live by a higher law, that constant law. And by living in the constant law of spirit, I began to find that inconsistency is reality. And inconsistency, you begin to see a presence of the sameness, of the isness, of the oneness of it all. So I began to look and see, well, what are these laws then? What is it that is so constant that I can begin to look at and that I can begin to do in my own life, right here, right now? Because I find that if you can't put it into practice in your physical daily life, it isn't worth a whole lot to you. You can go listen to a lot of people talk about UFOs, about ascended masters, about psychic development, about psychic healing. But if you can't do any of that into your daily life and really have it work in your world and make your world better, it's just a lot of information. And so I began to look for those things that weren't just information, but that I could take into my world and really put into practice. And I found three laws in spirit that really worked for me. The first law was acceptance. And that's a biggie. How many of you can accept yourself for who you are right now without any conditions, just total acceptance of this is who I am? And then how many of us can go out into the world and accept our mate just for who they are? and accept our parents for just who they are. Begin to look at what acceptance really is and begin to practice it in your daily life. Begin doing it into your daily life. And don't put a judgment on yourself when all of a sudden you find you're not in acceptance of someone or something or of yourself. Rather stop in that moment and say, wait, I am now doing acceptance. And then just see what's right there in front of you. See who that really is. And don't put your stuff on them, and don't put your stuff on yourself. Just be in the acceptance of who is what is right now. That's living in the moment. That's living in the now. 
that's being real present. And that's beginning to open up then into that now where you find the isness, the oneness of it all. Acceptance is real simple. Acceptance is real easy. But it's also real challenging because in acceptance you don't always win. You don't often win. You hardly ever win. (laughs) But then what is there in acceptance that you have to prove? But most of us have an imperative nature that wants to always win, wants to always be right. Because if I'm not right and you're right, then I'm wrong, so I must be doing something wrong. So how can I accept myself for who I am? So I've got to prove myself right. So I've always got to get the last word in. No matter what you say, I'll listen to everything you have to say, and then I'll go, yeah, but, and I begin my own little argument. But with acceptance, you just listen, and you go, yeah, you know, that's, that's a nice way to look at it. That's interesting. Oh, I can take that in. Sure, okay. You don't fight. You don't battle with the world. You don't try to change it. You just see what is in the moment. And then do with your life what you're going to do with it. And if in your environment there is something there that you can put to practice in your life, that you can take in and utilize, or that you can put out and assist with, then do it. But don't feel as though you have to prove anything. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody, not even to yourself. When you learn that, you've learned a big one. All you want to do is move into the loving of yourself. To move into the loving of yourself is to move into total acceptance. To move into the loving of others is to move into total acceptance. And to move into the loving of God is to move into total acceptance. Because once you move into total acceptance, you begin to see the presence of the oneness, the isness of it all. And that's where you begin to truly know God. That's where you begin to really be in the acceptance that God is right now. He isn't somewhere out there waiting for me. He isn't hidden way down inside of my beingness. He just is right now. The second law that I learned was enthusiasm. That makes sense, doesn't it? What is enthusiasm? Enthusiasm is joy. It's just joy abundant and manifesting in abundance. And how do you know God's presence but by his joy? God is love, joy, and peace. And enthusiasm is the way you begin to move into his joy. Acceptance is the way you begin to move into his love. So begin to look and see how can you do things in life with enthusiasm? How can you begin to choose into life, participate with life, rather than let it run you, rather than let it push you around, rather than just do it because I've got to do this. I don't want to do this, but I've got to do this. Why not find something in the doing and in that which you have to do and take the have-to out of it by finding something in there that you can be joyful about, that you can be creative with, that you can learn from, that through the experience of this, I'm going to grow, we're all going to grow. Find some way to find enthusiasm in there. 
when you first met your mate, there was a lot of enthusiasm. Oh yeah, yeah, let's go out for dinner tonight. Yeah, oh, I had something to do, but yeah, let's, I'd rather do this. This is great. But 10 years later, it's like, oh no, I really wanted to just sit here and watch the baseball game. I don't, I don't know, I don't want to go out to dinner. Can't we just have some frozen dinners? You know, what happened to the enthusiasm with your mate? If nothing else, get enthusiastic about the frozen dinners and say, well, yeah, you know, why don't we stay home and watch baseball, but I'll come in and I'll help you make some frozen dinners. And we'll put the TV trays up together and we'll just spend some time doing this. But if you do it with enthusiasm, they're going to go, oh, okay, well, that sounds great. Let's do it. Because all of a sudden there's participation. And that will go into the acceptance because they will go into your enthusiasm. And the joy will come together again. It's just that easy. It sounds kind of dumb. It sounds like, no, that can't possibly be that simple. It can't work that easy. But try it. Try taking something that you normally do that you don't really find much pleasure in and find enthusiasm in there. Put enthusiasm into there and do it that way. And it'll change it. It will really change it. The third law that I found then was understanding. And that's where you find the peace. The peace that pathes all understanding. What is understanding? It doesn't mean what you might think it means. It means being in your accepting, loving, enthusiastic self and taking in all things without any measure of right or wrong. Understanding doesn't weigh things. It doesn't say positive, negative, good, bad, pleasant, unpleasant. It just looks at all things as experience and looks at all things as a process of growing into the understanding of who am I so that one day you will know I am who I am. I am that I am. When I was a child, I remember I was playing with words and I, I used to like the word to understand. I couldn't figure out why they used the word understand. To stand under something, what does that mean? How do you understand something by standing under it? And yet now, as I look on it, if I just stand there, I can move into it with acceptance, with enthusiasm, and I can fully then take unto myself the experience of what is there. So you have three laws, very simple laws to live by. Acceptance, enthusiasm, and understanding. If you can find the understanding of those three laws, if you can find how to enact those into your daily life, you will find that those laws never change. And you will find that there is a consistency that will lead you into a new presence beyond them, which is that presence of God in spirit, that presence of God in you, that presence of God in all things. And even though the law of the world is change and everything around you is going to change, you will always be able to hold that place of constant beingness in God. 
it's interesting that my title for this, as it was given to me, was your right relationship with God. Now, by with everything I've just said, what does that mean? What is your right relationship with God? It is what it is right now, and that is what is right for you. The moment that you make your relationship with God wrong is the moment you separate yourself from him. Now, he didn't separate himself from you. You've separated yourself from him by saying, my relationship with him isn't right. It's supposed to be like that, not like this. But realize that what you are doing in your relationship with God right now is just right. It's just perfect for you. This is just where you're supposed to be in your relationship with him. And so if you'll make it right right now, what you'll find is that it will always be right. And then as you align yourself to the laws of spirit, of acceptance, enthusiasm, and understanding, what you'll find is you'll begin to live more right with God every day. And you'll begin to see that you've never been wrong with God, and God's never been wrong with you, and nothing is wrong in your relationship with him. It's all right right now. Does that make sense? But it's awful simple, isn't it? Maybe it's too simple. Maybe you need it real complex and made hard so that your mind can accept it and your emotions can reject it and your body can say, that's impossible, I can't do that. How many times do we do that to ourselves? But if we just say what is right now is all right, what is right now is okay, and then move from there, we have a foundation to build upon. But if we keep going inside and tearing that foundation apart through judgment, we're never going to have a foundation to build upon in building a relationship with God. So make the foundation that you have right now okay, and then go inside and through the process of acceptance, if you find weaknesses in there, shore it up. Don't make it weaker by tearing it apart. Just shore it up. It's just that simple. My relationship with God is one of just pure loving. I began to learn then, as I went into my own child, that as I entered into the pure love of the child, I began to move into the greater acceptance, into the greater enthusiasm and understanding. And I began to see that in that loving was the presence of God inside of me. And I began to see that God was giving me a great gift of loving through this process of the child giving me this paper bag. And I began to see that, what am I going to do with this paper bag? Am I going to toss it away now that I've got it? Am I going to hold on to it and appreciate it and let it be a reminder of his gift and his love? What am I going to do with it? And so I began to give the gift of love back to God. I began to share the loving that he gave to me to him. And I began to find that it was in the sharing that the abundance came forth from God. You know, God will not impose himself on you. He will not tell you what to do with your life because what you're doing with your life is all right with him. Because what you're doing with your life is 
what your soul needs in order to grow and become greater in itself. So he knows that what you're doing right now in your life is fine. It's all right. So why should he have to impose himself on you, tell you anything, make you do other than what you're doing? So he's just always there, present, participating in your life as you choose to have him participate. And otherwise, just present. And I'm not going to say he's observing, because he's really doing more than observing in the process. He's present in the process. But if you open yourself up and begin to allow yourself to recognize the loving that is there from him as a gift, and you invite him in, and you begin to share then your love with him through that process, you begin to have a relationship one-on-one -on -one with God that no one can ever take away from you. No one in the world and no one in spirit can take that presence of God away from you because it always is there. That is the essence by which all does exist. And once you get into the true essence of existence, of beingness, there's no way you can ever lose that. Now you can give it up, you can ignore it, you can turn away from it, but it'll always be right there for you. And there's no way to put into words what that love is other than for you to look into the child's eyes and to see and know that love and then expand it a million times and then add one. Because you can't put a number on it, you can't put a size on it, you can't put an amount on it. Because the moment you try to put something on God in your imagination, in the law, whatever, you've limited God and you have not got God in that limitation. So I always say plus one, because there's always more beyond it than what I've even experienced up to now. And there's more beyond it than what you've experienced in your life up to now. But a lot of times we begin, as we get older, to just say, well, this is how it is. This is what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. May as well just accept it. Well, is that really living the law of acceptance? That's not acceptance. That's giving up. May as well just accept it. Go on and do what is. That's all there is in life. That's not the true acceptance that is the true consistency of the law of spirit. Acceptance is what is right now is. And what is in the next moment is. And that's what I accept. I don't accept that what was five minutes ago is what I've got to do for the rest of my life. But a lot of us are living by that law of acceptance, not by the greater law. One way that you can find a greater relationship with God is to give some time each day to him. If you look at it, he's given you all the time in the world to go out into the world, to experience it, to do it, to love it, to hate it, to learn from it, to push it away and reject it. He's given you all the time in the world. Why not give him just a little bit of your time and your world and share yourself with him, however you want to do that. I sit down in meditation and I share my love with him. 
I don't sit down in meditation and start telling God what's right and what's wrong in the world. I don't sit down with God and start telling God what's wrong with my mate today. I don't sit down in meditation with God and say, all right, well, now how are we going to get this Jeep fixed? You know, where's the money coming from? You better hurry up and get busy here. I sit down with God and I just say, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And I just share my love with him. Now you can find however you want to share your love with him. I found that meditation is my way. When I talk to God, that's my prayer. When I meditate, that's my sharing with God. And when I do with God, I go out and I do this, I do my service. So find a way to begin to develop your relationship with God. First, you develop the relationship with yourself by accepting yourself, by loving yourself, by being enthusiastic with yourself, joyful, and by being understanding of yourself. Then you move out and you begin to be accepting and enthusiastic and understanding of others. You know, the greatest gift you can give somebody is to listen to a goal that they have set for their life. And no matter what you think of that goal, no matter how far-fetched, how stupid, how unbelievable it may sound, if you can get enthusiastic and go, yeah, you know, I think you could do that. That's great. Go for it. I'll support you 100% in that. That's the greatest gift you can give them, is that enthusiasm in that moment. So give that gift to yourself and then give it to others. Be enthusiastic with your friends. Be enthusiastic with your mate. Because it's that enthusiasm that you'll begin to see the beauty of joy and how to be joyful in your life. And then, God, you can be joyful any moment of any day because all you have to do is go into enthusiasm in this moment. And you can be enthusiastic about picking up a can of cream corn off the shelf. Wow, look at this. It's a new label. That's neat. Wow, it even went up in price. That's really great. <laughs> That's real enthusiasm. <laughs> well, we get really enthusiastic is when you take out your wallet and you go, wow, look at this money just going. <laughs> That's real enthusiasm. But be enthusiastic with your friends. And be understanding of them. Listen. Don't just talk to them, but listen with them. Understand them from where they're really coming from. The moment you begin to listen to them and understand them is the moment they're going to sit down and listen to everything you have to say, and they'll understand you. Because you've gone into acceptance and you've gone into understanding with them, what are they going to do with you? You know, you're no fun to fight with anymore. You just sit there and just accept everything I say. <laughs> so then they're going to have to change their way with you. And it's just like you were saying that the neighbor kids all of a sudden go, I need my quiet space right now. <laughs> all of a sudden your friends will go, okay, well, I'll just accept what you have to say. I'm not going to argue with you about it. And they'll go into understanding with you. And then you can begin to do that with God you can move into the greatest blessing and the greatest space in your life 
which is living in the joy of God, living in the love of God, living in his enthusiasm, living in his acceptance of you, living in his understanding of you. And then life isn't hard. Life isn't a challenge. Life isn't difficult. Life is beautiful. Life is always wonderful. In the midst of the darkness is the greatest light when you're in that space. Because always, everywhere is God. But you have to find him. Sometimes in that darkness, if we allow ourselves just to see the darkness, we're not going to see him. And then we're going to feel separated, and we're going to feel alone, and we're going to feel challenged, and we're going to feel angry. And we're going to feel all these things that the darkness brings. But if in the darkness we can look and find that divine spark of God in the midst of the darkness, there is no darkness there, there's just God. And it's just that we haven't realized God in that lesson, God in that person, God in that darkness yet. And the moment we can realize it, there's no more darkness. There's just God's light. There's just God's love. So look and see if you can find these three principles, these three laws of spirit in your life and how you can move them in your life. And there'll be days when you fail and there'll be days when you succeed, if that's how you want to look at it. I would say there's never a failure because in each moment there's only what is right now. And whatever is right now, accept it, do that moment with enthusiasm and understand it to the fullest. And you're never going to fail. You know, what is failure but a label? It's just a label. But we allow that label to separate us from so many things in our life. Failure separates us from our success. Failure separates us from ourselves. Failure separates us from our money. Failure separates us from our mate. Failure separates us from God. But if there is no failure in your life, if everything is success, if everything is in the moment of acceptance, then you become the winner all the time. And it's easy to be enthusiastic when you're always the winner. Much easier to be enthusiastic as the winner than as the loser. My meditation is my meditation. My prayer is my prayer. I could sit here and I could teach it to you. Better that you go into the child inside of you than let the child inside of you show you what works for you. And then begin to look around in the world and see what there might be in the world that might help to support that process, such as workshops like this such as a community like this coming together and looking for and finding that greater spirit. And listen and hear and take in the different voices that you hear, the different ideas and concepts that are present and see out of those what work. Give them all a try. And if it works, work it. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. It works for them. And I've got to keep looking until I find what works for me. Your path to God is your path to God. And no one but no one can say how it's supposed to look. Only you know. 
but know that the pathway is a pathway of love. And there's no stones on that pathway to pick up and throw at yourself or at others. There's only love. Any questions? Any, anything at all that I could expand upon with this? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm struggling a little with the, the concept of uh, everything is right right now and the concept of, of growth and making the charge for growth and this uh, evolution of developing uh, through evolution contact or spirit to God as opposed to this direct contact that we had talked about earlier. How do you get from one to the other if you don't say, well, uh, this may be right, but there's something, another course that may be more right, a choice type thing? Well, I always choose the simplest way. You can either choose to do it all yourself. You can choose to figure it all out. You can choose to come to an understanding of everything. You can choose to do the work all on your own, which is the path of evolution. Or you can choose to have God in the process, which is the straight and narrow path back into his loving heart. I choose the simpler way. Because then I find that God walks with me, God does with me, and it all gets done. And it gets done a lot easier because God's love is in the midst of the doing. And so there is no challenge, there is no struggle, there is no hardship. And those that choose the path of evolution, if you will, those that choose to do it on their own, those that choose to go that route, that's their choice. And I give them the freedom of their choice. Because that's where the God in them is going to learn the lessons that needs to be learned by that soul. I've walked all that path. And I've learned a lot of those lessons. And now I've chosen a different path. I've chosen a different way. But I had to walk all that first and learn all that first in order that I could see that I had a choice. So allow those that still don't see that there is a choice to live the life that they are living so that they can live it to the fullest and come to the knowing that they do have a choice in their life. And that can be difficult if you look into the world with the consciousness of just the body, the emotions, and the mind and look out into the world and see all the hardships and the difficulties, the trauma, and the drama of life. But if you look at it from the greater part of you, that loving part of you that is God in you and you in God, then you see the overall picture. You see the greater expanse of it all. And then you go into acceptance. And then you go into enthusiasm about it. And you have the understanding of what it all is. And in acceptance and in enthusiasm and understanding, all of a sudden you realize, I don't have to do a thing. I don't have to go out and change the world. I don't have to change their way of doing it. All I have to do is choose my way, choose my life, choose my moment, and let them choose theirs. And that way we're all going to learn, we're all going to grow, and all of us as souls coming back into God will come back into God in the fullness of time. And it's not up to me to dictate when that is. 
All it is is for me to live in my fullness, to live in my loving, to live in my wholeness and my holiness in God. And your mind will try to figure it all out and your emotions will try to interpret it and your body will try to disturb it and distract you from it. And all you have to do is rise above all that and go back into your soul. Go back into the real presence of the loving inside of you. And just say, well, do what you want to do, but I'm living in my loving. You know, you can argue all you want inside mind. You can be in turmoil all you want emotions. But I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'm not going to get caught up in the physical world and in the physical laws and in the physical change. I'm going to get caught up in the spirit, the spirit that is constant, that is never changing, that is ever present, that is all loving. Which do you want to be caught up in? If you want to get caught up in the world, I can give you a lot of things to get caught up in. <laughs> all I have to do is write up about five words up here and you'll be caught for a while. <laughs> Why not choose to get caught up in spirit? Isn't that what Jesus was doing when he came here? Wasn't he trying to get everybody caught up in spirit? Wasn't he trying to show us what it looks like to get caught up in spirit? And how simple it was and how loving it was? So I would just say, get caught up in spirit rather than in the world. And you'll find a big difference because you'll find the true loving and you'll find God. And I think that's it for today. <laughs>